HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Heritage Radio Network. We are coming to you, as always, live from the back of Roberta's Pizza here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And you've tuned into the Farm Report. I'm your host today, Aaron Fairbanks, and I am very excited to be joined in studio by someone from my neighborhood, uh, Farmer Jan. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So, um, Farmer Jan, you run the food projects over at the Hattie Carthen Gardens in Bed-Stuy. Is that correct? That is correct. So, it was funny. I was actually on my bike this past Saturday on my way to the Fort Greene Market. And I, and I was, like, riding by down Marcy, and I saw the signs out front. And I'm like, ooh. <coughs> and I got sneezy. And I caught a cold because it was pouring rain, I think. Um, and I was like, why... Have I not, uh, you know, I hadn't like popped into the garden in probably a year or so um, and I, I hadn't been on a market day and I was like so delighted to walk in and see just like overflowing, you know, apples and squashes and peppers and cabbages and there was like so much bounty there. It was really exciting um, to kind of stock up and then also get a chance to meet you and, and uh, you know, learn a little bit and a little bit more today about the work that you guys have going on. So why don't you break it down for us? Because food projects entails a couple of different things. So what are kind of the main areas that folks should know about? Um, so uh, the Hattie Carthen Community Food Projects, I'm using that term to describe um, all of our food ventures in the community. Um, so we have at the core the Hattie Carthen Community Garden that is um, a historic preserved um, garden that is 35 years old in Brooklyn. Um, we also have the Hattie Carthen Herb Farm, which I founded in 2012. Um, and then we have the Hattie Carthen Community Markets, which both operate in um, the garden and the farm. So 
uh, where we met on Saturday was the Hattie Carson Community Garden. And that market I founded in 2009 when I dug the lot behind the garden that um, stayed abandoned for over 30 years for as long as the garden was there. So uh, what we're looking at is the garden and um, a community-based market that's six years old this year. And we're looking at the herb farm, the Hattie Carson herb farm that is two blocks away um, that also hosts a working apothecary. So it's primarily a healing space. So it's uh, primarily herbs grow there, high vibrational foods. Um, and we run a Sunday market that's mostly focused on preventive health, um, health justice, and community um, being able to access um, healing plants and being able to understand and be literate in how those plants work for human health. What is a high, high vibration plant? Um, high vibrational food. So it food, means okay. um, that our, our best practices on the land um, have to do with composting and growing the food uh, there and recycling the nutrients. Um, we're also working um, with some energy uh, healing around the food. So uh, sacred geometry that we understand has the ability to improve the density, the nutrient density. And we are... Um, pretty much um, trying that out now because this is a very new farm and some of these uh, techniques for agriculture and best sacred practices are thousands of years old. So we are working with how to incorporate old sacred um, ways of uh, raising food um, at that farm. Oh, wow. So what is your what is your background? Kind of how do you come to the space? Um, well, first of all, I am the founder and I am um, a state certified urban farmer. So my occupation is legitimately farming. So uh, I derive my livelihood from all things agricultural and agri and cultural because um, a lot of my focus is on ensuring that the agriculture that we uh, practice is immersed in the culture of the peoples uh, in the geography so that it is appropriate um, and, and relatable. So when you say the geography of the people and it, it being appropriate and relatable, what you mean is the garden should be a reflection of the community in which it's housed or something different than that? Yes, um, absolutely. And so um, for food justice, and, and uh, I am um, a teacher of food justice. I teach food justice at Farm School, New York City. I've taught there for the last four years. Um, so what the, that means to me is that the people who actually work the fields, that a reflection of their cultural heritage is expressed. So food justice is for the people who work the land. It's for all of us, but it's especially uh, pertinent to the people who are on the front lines, like myself, like the youths you saw, like our harvesters, like our people that actually work the farm. So we want to make sure that our culture, the cultures that are expressed, uh, is relatable to the people who work the land. And yeah, I did notice that you had a number of, of youth working at the stand. So is that part of your initiatives, too, is to engage with youth from the community? And, and what are the things that those, those folks kind of do and how do they work with you guys? Um, so in 2010, um, I dug the market in 2009, and the following year, um, 
I had already understood um, that in order to be sustainable, that sustainable was not just all about money. Um, sustainable sustainability has to do with the perpetuation of practices into the uh, continuing generations. And so in order to do that work, um, I had to uh, call the youths of my community who were um, visibly not attracted to urban agriculture at all uh, because of that historic um, wounding that has been done to many communities of color around agriculture. So it was a plan um, to involve the youths in working the land, but also in nurturing them and sort of healing the ecological rift that was created by um, some of our historical occurrences. Um, so uh, the youths uh, have been working with me for five years. Um, uh, we have an urban agriculture program that is progressive to the youth. So it's, uh, it offers them a few areas of concentration each year, and they're able to come back for three years to compound on their learning and also to help to teach and encourage other youths because we all know that youths, um, are encouraged mostly by other youths. Um, like that's their, um, mode of operation in a natural way. Um, so what we have been doing is that as far as, um, our finances and our capacity will offer us, we have been, um, offering education to the youths of color, particularly youths of color. We are particularly interested in that, um, sector and also, um, in women. Um, and so we find that as disenfranchised um, um, sectors of our community that we could nurture and develop and um, move back into the sacred practice of urban agriculture or any of the other occupations that um, can come out of um, understanding how to grow food, how to prepare food, how to recycle nutrients via composting. Um, uh, we also have animals on our farm. I have 40 laying hens um, that provide the basket programs and market with fresh eggs. Um, so that would be animal husbandry. Uh, with the creation of the new farm, I was able to uh, build my um, curriculum so that the youths may begin wrapping their heads around herbalism and in a natural way, not as like a medicine or a drug, but um, that these are plants that have co-evolved with us as humans and what is their purpose and how can we work with them in a safe way. Um, so that's happening beautifully with the youths, um, even from selling in the market. So we raise those plants, we grow those foods, and then we have to harvest them. So plant identification becomes really important and pivotal and is really helping the youths to make the connection between what plants those are and what, uh, you know, properties that they might have even as they do normal sales in the market, so in a, in a really normal way. Right, yeah, so you're here you are in the middle of Brooklyn, and you're kind of creating this space where folks can really engage with the natural world and kind of expand their thinking on, on health. Um, now, I know for me, uh, you know, I've lived in the neighborhood for like the last four and a half years, and... And I've walked past the garden a bunch, you know, to the park or heading around to other like spaces in the area. And I've like 
walking past the chickens clucking and it's such a beautiful space. There's so much kind of like growth happening in there that you can see. Um, and I don't know what it was that kind of prompted me to stop by on Saturday, but I'm wondering like what has been your experience with bringing new people into the work that you're doing? Is it like folks kind of peeking their head into the garden and, and you're there to say, like welcome them in? Or do you have other strategies for kind of reaching out in the, into the community to say like, hey, we're here, we're doing stuff that you might be interested in? Um, or is it where the people kind of pass through and you kind of collect them and they're kind of... Um, I don't know. It felt so like warm in there. I'm like, oh, I just want to be a part of what's happening here. Um, how does that? How does it work that engagement practice? Because I know it's not just like you dig the garden and then voila, everyone is there and showing up. Or, or maybe it is like that. I don't know. Right. So um, that warm, fuzzy feeling that you felt is really our nurturing, um, nurturing aspect. Um, that's really all I know how to do is to um, organically build community based on authenticity. And based on recognition that we are all a part of uh, the human family and we all come um, into the world with our gifts and our, and our weaknesses um, build up as programs um, come into our mindset and as we make choices in one way or another. Um, so it's it's really that sacred practice of building community and our work um, does a lot of building around um, food engagements. Um, so we're talking about communal dinners on the farm. We're talking about every Saturday or Sunday, there's a workshop going on. And uh, of course, we use the popular education pedagogies in our building and community building. So they're not lectures per se, and we don't proclaim to be experts per se, but we just proclaim to have worked on the land and to have um, been in exchange with our DNA, with our bodies and the land, and to have that intelligence with us. Um, a lot of our engagement occurs through um, the drums and dance. Um, I am also a drum teacher. I'm a pretty astute musician. I've been playing music since I was two years old, so I hear everything. And all of my connections are either harmony or not, or s <laughs> synchronicity <laughs> or not. Um, and so actually the youths and our volunteers um, learn about teamwork and community engagement through musical entrainment, which is something that is learned from us um, hosting our percussion circles. And our percussion circles happen on the farm mostly every Sunday. There's one form of culture activity happening, be it a talking circle, which is something that we do, community councils, where we invite our community members, residents, youths sometimes. Um, there is a council where we do truth-telling with the youths to find out how the youths feel about the adults and the fact that we have squandered away their futures in this way and have offered them so little um, to get by on. So there's this um, awesome truth-telling that occurs um, and speaking truth to power that occurs in our project anti-racism work. Um, I also teach anti-racism um, as a teacher in the larger community and so that comes into my work. So it really feels like gentle community building work. Um, we are not um, looking for large rap concerts with thousands of people to measure our success. A successful day for us is just 
a harmonious day on the farm and realizations being made around nature or around our work or around each other. Um, the level of truth and honesty and integrity is really high because we have to have that to bring that into the food realm um, and in all of our production practices and how we see and relate to um, the work that we do. And it must be meaningful for us because agriculture could become really treacherous, really um, burdening um, sorts of work, especially in the models that are espoused by the mainstream sector that uh, don't really understand what agriculture is, I think. Um, so we make this work uh, light and uh, not burdensome. We um, attempt and, and do all of our actions with meaningfulness, and we address our community with meaningfulness and thoughtfulness and nurturing. So that's um, that would be your strategies. Your strategies um, could range from hosting these events to coming on the radio like today or um, some. there's a lot of movies that, that have covered our work and lots of documentaries. Our work is known worldwide. Um, so when someone says to us, oh, I've, I've never really realized this was a garden, when the garden um, spans for one city block and inhabits the whole city block with live animals and foods everywhere and fruits falling from our trees, um, I, I would say that it is quite possible to be in the forest and still not have seen the trees. Um, and so we we just stay and be in our place until um, realizations occur about who we are and what we are doing. It sounds like um, the scene that I feel like is coming up more and more on this show and in my life is the kind of uh, looking at the whole system, the, the holistic approach of like it's not one things, but it's it's many things happening in harmony or happening in concert. And I'd say for me, you know, you're totally right. Walking past something, it is like the whole city block and it's there. And I think a lot of my personal hesitancy came from like a nervousness of like, you know, other feelings that come up for me being in the community. Like, oh, do I really belong here? Am I, am I an insider or am I an outsider? And I think a lot of that feeling is kind of dissipating for me as I realize more and more I'm just a community member and like my role here is to show up and do good work and, and listen and you know be an active participant in like what's happening um, around me and within the community and I think you guys have created such a fun um, space and I want to hear a little bit more about um, some of the dinners and, the, and that type of work I know you have something coming up but we're going to take just a quick break before we get into that so hang tight out there. You're listening to The Farm Report, and we will be right back. Make it so The will to let it go
Listening to Kara's Currency by Spiral Jetty Club on Heritage Radio Network.org. We gave it all her best, thought it would last. But there's a fine line in keeping perfect time. Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Hello, this is Mark Ladner from Del Posto, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Awesome. So great to have uh, a chef bringing us back on. Uh, we are in the studio talking with Farmer Jan of the, the Hattie Carthen Food Projects. And, and you know, you guys have a community dinner coming up. And one of the other things I noticed stopping by was this idea of farmer as chef. And you were just saying here in the break that there has been a move towards separating those two and and why do you think that is and what are you guys doing to kind of circumvent that or or bring it bring it back i guess um so the farmer is the chef productions um it's definitely something that i've been sitting with um for a very long time um i started my journey um in 2004 or so as a just food community chef um and so for um over a decade i've been traversing from market to market and um showing people um these healthy ways or sharing with people or reminding people about these healthy ways to utilize um uh, utilize fresh foods uh the troubling part of the uh, separation of these occupations, um, even the farmer is medicine woman. Um, I also function with that hat on because um, I studied herbalism for quite a long time. And so um, uh, the herbalist that doesn't know how herbs grow or receive their intelligence um, that causes them to be um, allies for human bodies uh, is problematic. So an herbalist that cannot go into the landscape and do plant identification or say what's happening with a plant is a little problematic because as far as I know, it's just all related. Um, and the same is for food. Um, the way that photosynthesis happens with the uh, sharing of energy slash intelligence slash light um, to the plant and that plant having the ability to make available nutrition or what humans consider to be nutrition um, is all connected. And so every chef has got to be able to master the plant identification out in the fields. And that should be a huge part of 
the chef training, not just on the inside, not just uh, techniques that have been colonized or codified, not just about cooking preparations or methods that have been colonized or codified, but more about sharing the beauty of food with everyone and being able to prepare food uh, in live ways or where the nutrition is is uh, at its most assailable in its most assailable form for human life. Um, so the farmer and the chef production is just my way of saying, hey, I am a farmer and a chef and I don't see um, the distinction. Um, all farmers um, are immersed in the making of the food. And so the preparation of the food is just the next step in the whole wheel or cycle of things. And so I'd like to take the liberty of um, uh, coming into people's worlds um, with, with, with no, 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 no shame or shyness and saying, I am the farmer and I'm also the chef. Um, can you sit around the table and eat with me? And can we talk about food? And so here it is. Um, at the herb farm, you'll see the same thing. So let me just make the announcement about around the dinners in case anyone is interested. And our menu is posted online on the webpage. It's the Hattie Carthen Community Market dot com. Um, go to the fun and friend raisers. So communal dinners are under there and you can purchase your tickets today. I only have about 20 seats left around that table. So we urge you to do it really soon. Um, so it's October 11th, 363 Clifton Place on the corner of Marcy Avenue between Nostrand and Marcy. Um, the dinner takes place in the open air. There will be live fires, fresh breads from the clay oven that's back there, fresh eggs, fresh everything. I mean, even your burdock roots are fresh. After this interview, I'm going in to dig them out for our soup. Um, and then we also have a crustacean dinner um, uh, that falls in the Scorpio moon on October 9th. And what we are doing there is we are going to engage our community in food justice conversations about the sea and the ocean and what's really happening there for us. Um, what's happening with our fishermen? Um, what is the state of affairs on our ocean? I mean, after all, uh, we need this ocean. We need uh, the health of our oceans and our large earth bodies for our food to be healthy. Um, if our earth is unhealthy, there is no way that your food could be healthy. So just scratch that out your mind. Um, healthy bodies means healthy environments, mean healthy oceans, mean healthy air, means healthy everything. Now, your earth has to be healthy for you to be healthy. That we cannot somehow with our pharmaceutical tests and our machines achieve some form of health <laughs> that is not inextricably linked to the planet. Um, so that is a myth. So uh, we invite you, if you're not able to make it on October 11th from 6 to 10 p.m. on Clifton Place, to come out to the Crustaceans Dinner. And dress up as your favorite crustaceans, please. This is this is our idea of the mermaid parade, but on a farm, but uh, with meaning and intensity. And we will uh, that menu will only host medicines and foods from the sea. Um, and so, as we immerse there as a community, we begin to look at look into 
what is the state of affairs with our oceans and our environment. Um, and uh, you could always support our project, the work with the color, youths of color, um, farmers of color, also women farmers, women artisans, um, homesteaders, uh, people that work with their hands and that are able to make deliciousness from the earth. Um, so you can go on to our website at any point and read about all of our uh, work um, how we understand food justice and support food justice by coming in um, and being focused and present on the ground in your community um, and serving in ways that you may not have imagined um, was possible from yourself. So we at the Hattie Carthen Community Food Projects welcome you um, to come through. Um, don't overlook us. Just talk to our youths. Um, give them a word of encouragement. We are out there in the wind and the rain. Like you said, you saw us there last weekend. It was really pouring. It was pouring, right? Yeah. yeah. And so give everyone um, that encouragement um, so that we can continue this work in our community. So folks can visit the website. They can come by to the market on Saturday or Sundays. They can um, support you by attending one of the dinners. And then they can also take a class with you through the farm school, through the Just Food Farm School. Is that correct as well? Absolutely. So people that are wondering, well, I want to be a bigger part of this thing. How do I get involved? What do I have to do? How do I learn to farm? Well, it's impossible for me to teach you if you come in as a volunteer. Um, although there's experiential learning in that way, but it's very limited. So if this is really something that you are interested in and you want to see this live holistic earth and you want to see um, nutrients recycled instead of going to going out in the landfill and you want to take a stand and really understand equity in the food system. What is the food system? Equity. What do we mean by that? Uh, what are best practices? Um, you know, you can learn a whole host of uh, things around farming. It's a two-year course. And if you just wanted to understand food justice, and food justice to me is a verb, would be a community and every community exercising its right to produce food and to be involved in food from the seed to the seed, then feel free to um, uh, browse the New York Farm School New York City website. Um, stay tuned to workshop announcements in the cooler months. We are usually doing lots of anti-racism work um, and helping you to understand and to uh, be more proactive around food justice in the community. I want to say thank you for inviting me over today. It was a pleasure. I want to say thank you, too, for all your work and your generosity of time and, and spirit. And I'm looking forward to this being the first of many conversations that we get to share and pretty soon share over some pizza. So um, thanks again to Farmer Jan. Definitely check out uh, her work. And um, you know, if you're not located in the New York area, Find the person in your area who, who does this type of work and, and just show up. You never know what you're going to stumble upon. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been an episode of The Farm Report. This show, like all 39 of our weekly programs, is available for free. You can find us by visiting our website, www.heritageradionetwork.org. If you believe in our work, please click the Donate tab and become a member today. 
Also, check us out on Stitcher or iTunes, and you can find us as well on your favorite social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, we're there. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned in. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>